And we're back with vaccine researcher, family physician, Dr. Iris Gorfinkel. And Dr. Gorfinkel, let's uh, pick up uh, where we left off in our conversation regarding uh, Omicron and with so many people in the province and across the country getting it. And actually, let me stop right there and ask you, uh, why is it that uh, this is, do we know, do we have uh, better data? Do we have uh, a little more research now? Do we know why Omicron is proving so transmissible, particularly in the face of those that are fully vaccinated and have been boosted? Absolutely. It's a whole slew of reasons. Refresher course, Omicron has over 50 mutations, 30 of which are on that spike protein. Remember that? The spike protein is the key that makes it enter the cells of our body. And what happens? That key is way better. That key just slides right in and turns the key, turns the lock and the door opens wide. So this thing multiplies faster, it gets into cells faster, it becomes symptomatic to individuals faster, and not only that, but people can be spewing out virus two days before they have any symptoms at all. And remember what I said, one out of three will have no symptoms. So these are the huge challenges of it. Now, the good news piece is this, that the virus doesn't seem to multiply as fast down south. In the lungs, it doesn't multiply as well as it does in the nose and in the upper airway. So that's really good news. That's what's keeping people out of the hospital for the most part, especially when they're vaccinated. Hugely effective. You get that booster shot, you've cut down 90%, 88% of hospitalizations with that. But the fact of the matter is it remains a pandemic in hospitalizations of the unvaccinated. But here in Ontario, we are seeing plenty of breakthrough infections with people who've had two doses. You can take a look at the dashboard, you see the numbers, and there's about a 15 to 20% reduction after, and we're just talking mild disease. So two doses are not that great at preventing mild disease. Like there is that problem with it. You know, so what does that mean for future variants? Yeah, we got to get vaccinated, but we, we have to understand that the vaccines aren't perfect. They're imperfectly moving parts in this whole disaster, this whole pandemic. Yeah. Well, speaking of, uh, when are we moving, do you think, from pandemic to endemic? Because a lot of people are uh, wondering, with so many people in the province, across the country, really right around the world now getting infected with uh, Omicron, are we closer to some sort of herd immunity? And do you think uh, Omicron, could it actually uh, mark uh, the end of the pandemic, Dr. Gorfinkel? So the Gorfinkel crystal ball. <laughs> Let's take a look <laughs> at it and see what it says. All right. So on the one hand, it, you know, if somebody gets infected with Omicron, they've got another way, multiple ways actually, in which to fight the infection. Having had a natural infection will add to the diversity, to the immune portfolio. Suddenly the portfolio gets that much wider. We've got the benefit of the vaccine, plus we've got the benefit of having had the natural disease. So yes, that is going to be helpful. But here's the big question. A, how long will that immunity last? B, how strong is that immunity? And C, will it really prevent future variants? And those are all questions we still don't know. You know, so who would have thought, you know, two months ago, we'd be sitting here having a chat about Omicron. It's only been here for one month and yet 97% of cases. So I don't think we can make any presumptions there, but there's another piece to this. Three out of four healthcare workers in Africa are unvaccinated. 
And why is that relevant to our conversation now? Because if they're unvaccinated and tons of Africans are getting the disease, that's how new variants form. So, the, so this virus just goes crazy. It has all these opportunities to mutate yet again and create yet another variant that becomes tomorrow's Omicron. And that's a serious problem. You know, and I think that a lot of people look at this and say, well, why should we take hard-earned Canadian dollars, and I'm saying this right in the midst of Omicron too, and donate them, donate our precious vaccines, Pfizer and Moderna. I'm not talking about AstraZeneca, which they burned a million doses because it was useless against Omicron. I'm talking about really good vaccines and help Africa get vaccinated. The reason is because we're going to pay one way or another. We're going to either stay on that treadmill of forever vaccinating and keep doing it and keep having another wave and another wave, or we're finally going to say the only way we're going to achieve herd immunity is by vaccinating planet Earth. That's how herd immunity works in this pandemic. All right. Let me ask you to gaze into the Gorfinkel crystal ball one last time. And we got about a minute here, but I want to know if you think, are we at the peak right now here in the province of Omicron with the, the caseload just over, I think, uh, 11,000, around 11,500? Or do you think we're still going to climb or are we uh, again at the peak and we're going to rapidly see uh, some decline in the cases? It's an interesting question. If you're talking about case numbers, case numbers are starting to go down now. If you take a look at the dashboard in Ontario. But what happens is hospitalizations in ICU, that lags at least two to four weeks behind. So what we're going to see is a huge increase in hospitalizations and in ICU. In case numbers, yeah, case numbers may, may decline. I expect they will. And what's interesting is that Omicron's a little different because what happens is it makes people sicker quickly and then what happens is they get better faster than they would have with Delta. So that's the kind of trajectory it has. And yeah, it could be that. But the scare is that if even a small percentage of those individuals wind up in hospital, our hospital beds are going to be hosed. Serious problem. All right. We got to leave it there. Dr. Gorfinkel, a pleasure as always. Thank you so much. Good to have you back with us in the new year. And we'll talk again next week. Many thanks for having me, Jeff. You bet. Family physician and vaccine researcher, Dr. Iris Gorfinkel with us. And we're back after break here on Global News Radio. Hi, it's Shauna. And I might be a bad parent because my kids think French fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan. And I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.